Hey, Peppin. Yo, yo. Yo, what's wrong? You seem a little down. Like, I saw this thing, like... Uh-oh. I, I started on South Park at first, and then I found out it was a real thing, and now I'm just confused. Are you talking about Honey Boo Boo again? No. Well, th- that's another one. I mean, that, but I was thinking about, like, Snooki. Oh, okay. Yeah, what about her? She, she, she's a real thing. Yeah, she exists as a human being. She likes to do snooze-snooze with people. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, are you... What what exactly is distressing you? Is it that she's not with you, or...? Is that, is that, like, you know, you think things are fake, and then they turn out to be real, and then it's like, there's TV out there, which is just, like, reality. And, and it's so strange. I don't know how it can be. I don't know. if Is reality TV real? Or how much of that is actually staged? I don't know. I, 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 I just found out she's a real thing. I'm confused. Oh, well, I think we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going, Pepin? Yo, yo, I'm doing well. I'm in the house and ready to rumble. Why do you always do that thing with your arms? I I talk with my arms. Yeah, it's like your mouth doesn't even move. It's just your arms. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of how I do it. I am here as well with another great friend, Nick Stewart. Nick, tell me, how are you? I am good. My arms don't talk, and I'm feeling... Nice in this very well AC'd house. I definitely concur there. There's a, a lot of bodies here. We have a fourth person as well joining us once again, or maybe for the first time, depending on what the episode order is here. Derek from the Blaze Experience. Derek, how's it going? Good, good. Yourself? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad you came back on. So let's talk about something that a lot of people know about. And uh, some people know, some people love this genre, and some people hate this genre and most people are in between like most things in life and that is um nate snooki let's talk about snooki for the next hour Uh, i thought it was reality tv because that's more fun than (laughs) okay yeah let's do reality tv (laughs) so reality tv now the jersey shore popularized by leslie snook of the snooki brand is that her name (laughs) no i don't know what's her name derek uh, Nicole Pelosi, I believe. Thank you. Nicole Pelosi of the Snooky brand. I don't know if I should be impressed or embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should be embarrassed. <laughs> she she popularized this show. Um, so you have laundry and gym and eating. Is that it? And, and tanning. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of tanning oh, in there. Oh, shit. There's a guy with the abs, right? Who went on... Joey like... Abs? Is that his name? Or is that a wrestler? Like he he went on to like any of their names could be wrestling names, <laughs> no. From Jersey Shore, or yes. Uh, what are the situation? Maybe the mics of the situation. That sounds like a wrestler. They all sound like wrestlers. I think it's the situation. He went on to like some like comedy roast kind of thing, and they tried to give him a script, but he went on his own, and he just like died. Yeah, it sounds like him possibly. Yeah, it was very awkward, very awkward to watch. Also, I'm not like a Jersey Shore expert though, so I don't know a lot about that one per se. You're our Jersey Shore expert in comparison. (laughs) I guess so. I guess. So there's um there's a lot of different reality shows out there. Let's let's just name a couple. So before we get into that, I want to say there's kind of this misunderstanding between reality TV and docu series. So for some shows, like let's just say Naked and Afraid, I feel like that's more of a docu series. 
just because they're documenting what's happening in real life. There's no like script. There's no like control of it. And for reality, I feel like that's more like Big Brother or like Desperate Housewives where they're in a controlled environment. They just feed wine to the, the women and have them go off on each other. Big Brother's kind of the same thing. They like manipulate the situations. And, and I mean, I said, because there's like cop shows too. Like you think about that, they call that reality TV. It's not really a reality TV. It's a basically a docu-series because it's documenting real life. I just want to get that that out before we start. And this is something you're sensitive to because you have... I, I have actually worked on a couple law enforcement shows. So some people call them reality. It just seems weird that I'd be in the same category as Desperate Housewives when I'm working with law officers who are, you know, sometimes risking their lives or saving people. And then it's like, oh, yeah, just reality TV. That sounds fun. Are, the, are the officers of the law bad boys, though? <laughs> <laughs> what you got? What you got? Yeah. I haven't, haven't done that one yet. <laughs> I did blast that song, though, and I, I didn't really like it too much, I'm but I sure. thought it was quite funny when I showed up to work blasting Inner Circle. Is that the name of the band? Or? Bad Boys! Yeah, that's, that's the band. <laughs> okay, Inner Circle. Featuring... Well, I do want to say quick, too, uh, Desperate Housewives is not a reality show at all, though. It's drama, but... <laughs> yeah. Man, you just got fucking schooled. <laughs> so, remember that misconception I was talking about? I don't even understand what's real anymore. So, when we're talking about reality TV, I think we're going to end up touching on a lot of things that aren't technically reality tv so we're going to be using a very loose definition and we're just basically going to be talking about things that we associate with that whether it really is or isn't i think that's going to free up us to not sound like idiots the whole time there's some definitely some shows out there that i used to watch so there's, there's like a few shows on mtv uh one called was called like next so it's like they would be on this bus and the yeah, people would get one. off and it's like i don't know wait wait so people would just get off on a bus? It was like a dating game, right? Because the <laughs> yes, first person yes, on the bus yes. would get off first and date her date her or him. And then if she or he didn't like them, they'd say next. And they'd get kicked off and the next person on the bus would go. Yeah. And the person, you know, the person who was going, like the, uh, what do you call them? Like the person who was going on the dates with the all date, the... Let's call them the dater. The dater. The dater. They would be able to say next at any point. So sometimes the person would get off the bus and it's next. And it's like, ouch. Yeah, they wouldn't even get there. <laughs> But I, I, so I was maybe like 13 to like 16 when I was watching that show. Ooh, watched it for three solid years. Yeah. And I thought the show was real. Like, like I was like, oh yeah, this, oh man, this person's a dick. And I decided to watch it like about a year ago again, just to see, you know, what, how nostalgic it was. And the show was so scripted. Like none of it seems real, but it's still a reality TV show. Like in that kind of way. Like, like it, the, the actors are deli- deli- delivering lines it's pretty obvious, and there's like all these kind of like plot mechanisms they're trying to do, but I, I don't know. That's like reality TV show. It's like scripted reality TV. Now, how much of how much of what's like scripted reality TV, or and how much of it is executives manipulating a situation to get the reactions that they want, like with a uh, a Big Brother or something like that, or I would argue like a Nathan for you. Yeah, stop manipulating me, man. Let me be my own free person. You have any thoughts on that, Derek? Yeah, so that's kind of what I was going to say is like, I think the competition shows more like Big Brother, like you mentioned, those are ones where the producers more try to manipulate people to act a certain way, like Big Brother in particular, in the diary rooms, they try to really amp them up and have them act all excited in the diary room when they're not really that excited, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think the ones that are more scripted, like a Next, for example, those ones, they probably just, you know, feed them some lines more often. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more if it's a competition series, they have to keep it a little bit more real because obviously there's, you know, money or a prize on the line. 
So they just try to manipulate them a little bit. I think the ones that aren't a competition series are the ones that are more scripted. I heard that with, uh, was it the real world? That, that was a big one for a while. I heard that with that one, like nothing was really scripted, but what they did do was give everyone like way too much alcohol. Like there's always Definitely. alcohol in, in the house, like strong stuff, weak stuff, you know, so people were always drunk. So there's always something like dramatic happening or interesting happening. And I, I think it's maybe one key to like the less scripted ones is booze. I Hold on. I, I just want real quick. Let's think of some shows that would be made way better if everybody was drunk while it was going on. I say Barney. Cops. Well, that's everybody is already drunk during cops. Come about on, the officers. Imagine <laughs> drunk cops. What about <laughs> drunk Sesame Street? That would be hilarious. Hey kids, you want some beer? Yay, beer! <laughs> Elmo. Today's color is number three. It's drunk Elmo, guys. I pulled your Susan. That sounds like my Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> that's an angry Elmo because he didn't pay child support. <laughs> <laughs> he's like what's happening right now <laughs> our third guest is elmo <laughs> our fifth guest is elmo um i'm gonna say cops Cop- <laughs> fuck you nathan <laughs> no well uh, let's see i fuck mean you with 700 dicks it'd be funny like a uh, ninja warrior but that's not a reality tv so it makes no sense but that'd be funny if they're all drunk trying to do obstacles that would be an awesome show that'd be fun american ninja warrior <laughs> be more like Whip american drunken warrior texas <laughs> ninja warrior Mighty drunken power gamers. Uh, you know what, Nate? I don't need to hear that shit right now. <laughs> Derek? Honestly, I've been trying to think of one. I, I can't really think of one too much. I mean, how about Doug? <laughs> that would be kind of funny. The voice actors are all just trashed. <laughs> Everybody's drunk while they're doing their voice. Hate Peppermint Patty. <laughs> who, who was that an impression of? <laughs> that was, I guess Doug Funny. Oh, that was a good Doug, drunk Doug Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really oh, that was pork chop. I think the guy that plays that, that kind of sounded like Doug, but it sounded like the voice actor more so. <laughs> See, that's what I was going uh, no, for. No, I wasn't being Doug. I was, I was being the voice actor. I was of getting Doug. meta because the voice actor was too drunk to play Doug, so he just was himself. Yeah, the voice actor also plays Fry from Futurama. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different voices. I think he does uh, Zoidberg too, surprisingly. So the, one of the most popular uh, reality television shows of all time, whether there's stats to back this up or not, was Survivor. I think everybody watched Survivor in its prime. Nope. Nate doesn't count because he had a Sega. He's not a person. He talks with his arms. <laughs> Nate talks talks literally with his arms. PC Master Race, he had a Sega. Now, so what did, what did, what was your, was there like a Survivor equivalent that you watched? Like the mole? No, I mean, I watched Survivor Man. I mean, that's kind of... That re- doesn't, is that yeah. the one where the guy gets eaten by bears? Um, no, that's Bear Grylls. How many bears no, could no. Bear Grylls grill if Bear Grylls could grill bears, you know? No, no, there's one that's that man oh, hunter. grizzly man. That's okay. what I was thinking. They, they do the same thing. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, never mind. They don't do the same thing. <laughs> they don't... But yeah, no, I like that one. Survivor Man was good. They yeah. just, see if it could survive out in the woods. Bear, Bear Grylls was all right, but it was more like a high stunts and stuff, whereas... Survivor Watch me drink Man. this pee out this snake carcass. Yeah, but with Survivor Man was more like someone just kind of surviving out in the woods. And it's more real, I think. Like, did you know he actually did all the filming himself? So he had these scenes where he's like hiking up a mountain. So he'd hike up the mountain, put the camera there, hike back down the mountain, and then hike the mountain again to get the shot. Yeah, it was a he big... He was the only one filming those. It was a big yeah. thing with the uh, this series because he would talk about that a lot. It's like, okay, I made the walk over here. Now I got to go back. And it, yeah, it's one of the technical challenges to that show. Survive? Did did you guys watch Survivor? Yeah, definitely. I've I've seen almost every season. I mean, it's about to be on season thirty-seven, and 
I've only missed two seasons out of that span, so I've seen a lot it, of it. <laughs> what what draws you to Survivor? Honestly, it's the love of strategy is that draws me there because there's a lot of strategic aspects of the game that the average person wouldn't really think of because they just hear Survivor like, oh, that show's still on. That's basically what everyone always says. That's but, what I said. Yeah, <laughs> that's what everyone always thinks. But yes, it's still on, and it has a lot of strategic app. The applications how, how to has it? it changed since because i remember there were a couple of like game changing moments there was one where that guy like lied about his grandmother dying so he could win yeah a challenge. johnny fairplay johnny fairplay I, I saw the video of that that was amazing like that was genius and i i think that was the first instance of something like that happening then there was one where that uh that woman won who basically like never did anything like she just stayed quiet the whole season and she won a million dollars there's a couple instances of that, so you could be talking to a couple people, but... Fair. Fair. I remember, it wasn't like someone winning it, but I remember there was like a scandal in one of the earlier seasons where someone had snuck like power bars onto the island, and then another team member found the trash, and then they searched like this, they searched around the camp, and they found like a box buried in the sand full of like energy bars, no one wanted to admit to it, but they yeah, threw them out. Yeah, that was in season two. Mm. So tell us, tell us more. What are, what are some things that we missed on Survivor that should people should need to know about? I mean, to be honest, uh, I don't really know how it works. I've had okay. it explained to me let's, before, but let's start there. How yeah, does it work. All right. So basically, you have a predetermined amount of people. It's in earlier seasons it was sixteen. Usually they do eighteen now. Some seasons have been twenty people. You cut mm. off everyone's legs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then they all go in wheelchairs. The rest <laughs> of the no, there's no wheelchairs unless they make them out of bamboo. <laughs> Ride the orangutans. <laughs> yeah, there's always an orangutan. But basically, in the earlier seasons, it was more of like a social and survival experiment. Where the earliest seasons, it was more about surviving. You know, they gave them very little amount of food, very little supplies. They had to survive on their own, and it was more about the social bonds. You had to like socially be aware enough that way you weren't offending people. You weren't getting people too annoyed with you that the way they vote you off. Because essentially, how the game works is. They have a challenge. There's two different teams, or sometimes more than two, but we'll just stick with two. And basically, one team wins the challenge. The loser has to go to tribal council, and the losing team votes somebody out of the show, and it just keeps continuing as the game goes on until you have one person, pretty much. So my question with this is, how do people win? Like, example Steve gave of the lady who did not do anything. How does she win if she sucks? Well, that's, it's not, not that she sucks. It's that she didn't make any waves. So part of an interpersonal relation. So you're voting people off. Mm. Sometimes you'll vote someone off because they're the strongest. And on top of the two teams competing, um, whichever team loses also has another challenge that they do where you can win immunity sometimes. And you cannot be voted off. So if somebody wins immunity every single week, in theory, they could win that way. They could win the entire game by never being able to be voted off. So sometimes you would vote off the strongest person who will always win at these challenges Sometimes you'll vote off somebody who's just fucking obnoxious. Sometimes you'll vote off somebody because they're really bad at participating with the group. But if you have somebody who's very average and just steady all along the whole thing, doesn't make any waves, sometimes they can sneak through and, and win. Right. And there's definitely been situations in the game's history where there's a couple people at the end. You know, Basically, there's final travel counts at the end where the jury has to pick between either two or three people to say who they want to give the money to. And there's, like, one person that played an amazing game. They strategized. You know, they did everything you're supposed to do in that sense. But they were a total dick. 
And basically the person they were sitting next to wasn't a dick and they were friendly. And that person won because yeah. they were friendly and they weren't a dick to everyone. It ends up being a popularity contest at the end, which my, my dad always said, because we, we liked watching that show in the earlier season. He said, if it was just about survival, I could do it. It's the popularity thing where you got to be best friends with all the people that are voting against you. Mm-hmm. So you could be a great survivalist. You could live by yourself in the woods with a pound of rice and be okay and win all the challenges. But at the end, they're like, eh, I like Suzanne because she was funny. She had bigger tits. I kind of like that aspect, though. I mean, from from the sounds of it, because that's kind of what more surviving with, a say, a community or a tribe is like. Like, it's about cooperating with other people. It's not being about the best, but well, about if, being the best in that group. If I'm lost in the woods and I get this jack dude that can do everything for me, I'm not going to get rid of him because I'm offended that he does everything. I'm like, sweet, I'm keeping him around. But he, he might want to kill you, or he, he might... live if Propes tells you to. The question then is, is he, are you useful to him, right? Not, are, is he useful to you? Because he probably has his own agenda. Well, the problem with that, too, is season 10, for example, there was this fireman, Tom Westman. He basically was that guy. He did everything, and he was like the hero to everyone. He got to the end, and if you go to the end with him, you're not going to win, because they're going to be like, oh, well, why would I vote for this guy when I have my hero here? Mm-hmm. So they vote him off, like, the second to last episode or something? No, no, Tom Westman won. I'm just saying, oh, well, like, okay. if Nick went to the end with Tom Westman, he would not win because everyone would be like... You don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm smooth as a walrus, my friend. I'd get <laughs> right on in there. So, uh, another one. Anybody have any final things to say about Survivor? Uh, not Survivor, but I like Naked and Afraid, which is kind of like Survivor in the survival aspect, but it's much more like literally it's just two people with a bag and a machete that go off in the woods, and I find that really fun. I tried to watch that one, and I got disappointed because they uh, censored the nudity with it, which to me... So that, is that the only reason you watch it, If it's Nate? not part porn, he turns it <laughs> they off. They show the butts, Nate. You can see the butts, okay? But yeah, you're not going to see no frontal nudity. Unless so, you like Harry Manjest. They show plenty of that. It, it, that's fine, but... That's it, what he prefers. It's like my problem is, like, if you're going to have, like, a concept, you have to commit to that concept. It's like, I watched this documentary about boobs one time, and then it shows a single boob. Okay, well, it I'm sure. It shows cleavage, but... Nate's I favorite show of all time That's is just because of the, the, the censorship in the U.S. I'm sure there's a Naked and Afraid over in Europe where you can go watch that, Nate. You should go take a vacation over there and watch Naked and Afraid where you can see oh, some tips. Oh, I know. You, could, you can import it into Final Cut, draw boobs on the screen. I'm sure they have software nowadays. I mean, they got those programs now that will take zits off your face automatically. Maybe they have ones that'll put tits on your chest. I did take the uh, the route that Nick suggested where there's yeah, a Norwegian one where there you know, no sensors or anything. So that one's a lot better, but I don't know what they're saying. That's the problem. Oh, now you want to know what they're saying. <laughs> now the words are important. But first it was tits, now it's words. Uh, I, I don't think I ever I ever gave you a chance to to explain why should people watch the newest season of Survivor. Uh, basically, the newest season will be the game will be a lot more involved. Essentially, now there's a lot more twists than there used to be. There never used to be like hidden immunity idols. They have like um, like around act- the island. Yeah, basically, like you just go searching the island somewhere, you find a hidden immunity idol, and that will protect you. Instead of actually having immunity, you could stand up at tribal and say, "I'm playing this, and you're safe." So they have oh. things like that that Did are you actually have to do twist. it before the vote. It depends on the season. Most of the time you do, um, but there's been a couple instances in the show's history where you could do it after the vote, which is crazy. That is wild. Yeah, that Has is there crazy. Has ever been a double reveal where both people that were voted revealed one, and then it's like, oh, no one goes home. Tune in next week, folks. Actually, there was. Uh, there was a situation once where there were technically no votes because everyone that was eligible to be voted for played an idol or something. So <laughs> everyone's like, I ain't going nowhere. So they're like, well, game's over. You broke it. Good job. 
Who's the host now? Uh, Jeff Probst. So. Oh, my God. Steven still, Seagal. Yep. Wow. That's impressive. Is he still cute? He still looks pretty good, honestly. I mean, he still looks like pretty much what he did, you know, when the show started. I mean, obviously, a little different, but... That's really impressive. Yeah. No, he so looks really good like, for his age. like Drew Carey. No. <laughs> I don't think they do Drew Carey. <laughs> like, like, he's fat and then, like, super skinny. Like, he could have yeah. gotten old or something. Like, Drew Carey looks really old now. He does. You gave well, Nick. You gave me a look like I was making I was up gonna a say, random I was going to say he looks better than I thought. Well, he did when he first lost the weight. Now he's like old and wrinkly. Now he looks like Bob Barker. I mean, that's who he was trying to replace. So I guess they did a good job. <laughs> the old ladies. <laughs> he morphed into their Old ladies love him. I think that's really what we need to take away from the Survivor talk. Old ladies <laughs> love Drew, Jim Carrey. Jim Wait. Carrey or Drew Carrey? Or both they, the Carries? Listen, why not both? ladies love Jeff Probst, though. So. I'll take a big old <laughs> Carrie shake, my friend. They can't handle the gym. But Drew, they're all for him. So another, arguably one of the most popular of all time, American Idol. Did yeah. you guys watch God, American that's Idol? terrible. No. Unfortunately, terrible. I did. Nate, you can't answer. I did America's Got Talent. He watched Sweden See, Idol because they were naked. Take, you take the fucking knockoff version of every show that's ever existed. You're like, I didn't have a Nintendo. I had a Sega. I didn't I, watch Pokemon. I watched Pokemon. I watched Digimon. Well, actually, I have to kind of defend Peppin here. I mean, America's Got Talent is a lot better than American Idol. I don't disagree. I just don't think it was as popular. Well, American Idol started I would agree, many years yeah. earlier. Now, it sounds like America's Got Talent is like the game sh- live performing show which... i didn't have an ipod i had a zune it, it's yeah yeah <laughs> you see do you see my point though <laughs> yeah, yeah you just had the knockoff version and sometimes it was better like a zune was better than an ipod at the time it really was uh people people underestimated the zune i mean <laughs> but guess what nate it's second class yeah it's all about the status i mean it, it's true it's true um i don't like singing shows that much that's my main reason why i stopped watching america's got America's Got Talent was because it became like a singing show with certain acts. Like it's always the singers that get really big on that for some reason. It's it's like there's not much of a probability of someone who doesn't sing winning. It's, I think it's an easier thing to measure. Uh, it's also that show. I feel is they don't want to admit it, but it's very scripted. Like I don't know if you've seen. There's some edits where they like have the reaction from the host. You can see the edits are wrong, and you can see you're like they're out of frame and stuff. So one host is doing something different than what he should be doing. But they're very scripted. They have those like big, long backstories of everyone. It's just, it's mostly all about like, oh, what's the saddest, coolest, happiest, whatever story we can throw out there? And then, oh, she's all right at singing. All right, she goes on because she has sad, a, happy two story. left arms. Yeah, poor girl. On one side of her body. Yeah, I know my wife and I still watch it, and we get so frustrated that like it's always the singer that wins. It seems like yeah. because when we watch it, I mean, you can see singers on you know fifty million different reality shows. Where are you going to see, like, you know, someone doing a break dance? Or where are you going to see, like, you know, a magician? Like, that's the only show you can see people like that. So we like to root for people like that. So I they recommend should ban uh, singing. I would like that, actually. Because, I mean, there's a million other shows that singers can go on. You know, Unless go on the... it's part of your act, like that puppet girl. Right, yes. That was fucking impressive. Yes, that doing was ventriloquism good. and singing at the Darcy same time. Darcy Lynn, I believe her name was. Yes. That was amazing. My prob- that... Go ahead. My problem with the whole singing aspect on these talent shows is... They're doing covers of songs. They're not performing their own songs, or most usually they're not performing their own right. songs. A couple of them do, but but, but so, so it's like they're being judged on how well their voice is, which is I, that's fine. It's a talent show. I, I get it, but it's it's like that's kind of like a magician going up there and performing like a Penn and Teller's act. It's not really like 
it's not original. You, like, you would say, hey, you're doing this person's act. You're doing this other person's act. But it's acceptable because it's a cover. But I, I, I'm not saying it's bad. But I'm saying it, it's like you expect originality from everyone else except for the singers. Where uh, I don't agree because I think a lot of times what the singers are doing is putting their own spin on a pre-made song. Like, uh, like we've talked about in, in past episodes where just because something isn't the exact original doesn't just because it, it mirrors something that's already been created doesn't mean it doesn't have its own originality. I think you could take a Penn and Teller act, put your own twist on it where maybe it's a different outcome completely, or it adds something to it or takes something away. And it's a, it's an outstanding act. That's completely original. I don't think it would be viewed that way as much with, so I, I'm saying that there's a double standard with, you know, vocalists who do covers, they get judged like in a certain way, whereas if there's a magician or say a breakdancer or you know any kind of like say act, and essentially just ripped off another person's act, but they did it in their own kind of way, like where it, let's say you can tell it's inspired or heavily inspired, essentially the same, essentially the same thing, but it's not the same exact thing. I, I think people would be like, you know, that's kind of disingenuous. You just stole this person's act. What are you doing? So, no, I, I definitely I agree with that. I mean, I think there is a double standard, especially with dancers, because you hear a lot of times in the show itself that, oh, well, you know, we, we've seen this before or something like that. And they might be putting their own spin on it. But if it's been seen before for like a dancer or a magician or something like that, it'll be like, oh, well, we, we've seen this before. You know, what are you going to show us next? But for a singer, they have unlimited, like, I guess, content to use because they can just pick any song in the world sing that song. As long as they sing that song, okay, you move on. But a magician, they have to think of a new trick. They have to reinvent themselves every time. I think for singers, like, I'm not saying sing is easy, obviously. Obviously, it's very hard. But I think for them, it's a lot easier to create content for a show like that. I think that also tailors to their market, though. I, I imagine their demographic is probably more female. I know a lot of my female friends love those singing talent shows. But I'm going to sidestep now, and everyone's been talking about magicians and Penn and & Teller. They have their own show called Penn & Teller Fool Us. Yes. And I really Great like job. this because, like you say, like, oh, you have to come up with originality. You know, it has to be a new trick. So the idea of this show, if you haven't seen it, is a magician performs in front of Penn and & Teller. And if they can trick Penn & Teller, basically, if they can't figure out how the trick was done, they win a uh, trip to Vegas to perform as Penn & Teller's opening act. So it's really great because these magicians will come on. They'll do old tricks that Penn and Teller know about, but they had to put like their own unique twist on it. So that way they try to fool the magicians. And I really enjoy that. So there is much more originality to it because if you come up doing a great trick that might fool the average person, it's not going to fool, you know, these two master, masterful magicians. So it's, it shows a lot more original content. I've seen some really good magic shows on that. There's like a meta game going on there too. Cause I mean, the, the, uh, the show really is about showcasing magicians. It's really about showcasing magicians. That's what it's really about, giving them exposure. So a lot of times people go up and they perform acts which aren't really that, like, fooling for people who are actually magicians. So they often don't fool Penn and & Teller. And it's because, you know, they're not, not going to fool them. Cause like, what was that, Puff the Dragon? Like, oh, he, yeah. he was on Penn & Teller first, and then he went on to, like, America's Got Talent or something. He was I liked him just, a lot, though. He's funny. He was funny. Yeah, yeah. that's why he, they yeah. showed him on Penn & Teller, even though his tricks were kind of basic as right. far as magicians go. But, but still very entertaining, and that's what kind of let them off. And same with many of these other acts. They're not really that, like, they're really good acts. Like, there's a couple where it's, like, the way they did it and what they did was, like, like they, it was figured out, but their show was so good that now they're, like, really big. So it's really, that, that's kind of the game within the game. And then right, when the you showmanship. And when, when you watch it, like, you kind of want these people to get away with, uh, you know, not being caught, but you're also kind of, like, viewing it from 
multiple angles. You're feeling it from Penn and Teller's angle, but also a viewer, a viewer yourself. Like, how did they do this? I'm not really sure myself. Maybe you are sure. One of my favorite tricks, I don't know if you ever saw the blind card handler. This guy has been blind for like 20 or 30 years. And he basically like, all he does all day is shuffle cards. Like he, his wife says he's got cards everywhere. Everywhere in the house, there's like hundreds of cards and even got like a deal from Bicycle or something. So he's got like 10,000 decks in his house. So all the dude is shuffle all day, all day. He knows these amazing hand flourishes. And he goes up to Penn and Teller. He's blind, can't see anything. And he does this amazing card trick. And then he, you know, he finds the exact card and they're like, how they have no idea. Cause he can't see the card. So there's no way he can cheat. Like the dude is so good at his hands. He can like feel the difference in cards. So he can like, even a regular card that might look the same, it's not notched or not like changed at all. Maybe just the way the outside of the paper is, he can tell what card it is. It's, it was insane. That is insane. Have you seen that show, Derek? Penn and Teller Foolish? Yeah. Yeah. I have seen a couple episodes. I haven't seen a lot of it, but I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, It's a very interesting concept. It's a weird concept for like a show. Cause it's like the idea that you're trying to fool the magicians is very, it's very, very unusual. And it leads to a lot of interesting kind of situations. Uh, some people try to like rig the system a little bit where they feign doing it one way when they do it another way. Like, like they pretend like they're doing it one way and then, which is kind of cheating in a way. Like you can't like, right. Yeah. The way like, cause that's not what like the viewers are doing. So you're trying to do like a trick, a trick you'd be doing for a viewer, but you're trying to do it in a way where a magician wouldn't guess it. You're not trying to like do seven different methods and kind of feign all those seven different methods. It, cause the other one, cause you know, that's not what people are actually watching for. Like the average viewer, the average viewer is going to be tricked by most of these. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't know half the stuff they're doing because I'm not a magician. You know, I don't study that kind of thing. So I wouldn't know, you know, if this trick is easy, if this trick is hard. Mm. It's also really nice on that show when they do get fooled, like you can see their reaction kind of like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> like when they get really, fooled. like seeing a magician react to being fooled is kind of like one of the best things. I think there's one episode where, uh, Teller actually like just drops the F-bomb like he sees a trick and he just goes and they bleep it out. You're like, oh, that dude doesn't talk. And he just said, you know, drop the F-bomb. Uh, Steve, favorite reality TV show? Um, I don't I don't have a favorite reality TV show. We favorite reality TV show. Wait, OK. Even favorite though we were just rea- talking about game shows. Favorite, favorite reality TV show? Yeah. Um, Nathan for you. Oh, shit. I'm going to argue that's reality TV. It, it really is, though. I mean, it, it's it's scripted reality. It's kind of like Kenny versus Benny in a way. It's it, kind of. I, I think it's scripted in the way that he manipulates situations and manipulates people to do what he needs them to do. And I think some parts are scripted, but I think a lot of it is genuine, too, and the guy is a literal genius. The way I see it is a lot of it is done in editing, and a lot of it is done with him just improvising situations. Mm-hmm. And just figuring out, like, his, his whole thing is what's entertaining. And this mm. is what's entertaining. And he's really good at it. And then they, they somehow find, like, a narrative kind of throughput, which kind of helps it out. But uh, have you, either of you guys seen Nathan for you? I haven't, no. I was thinking, though, something <sighs> you were doing. I was like, oh, is this a cool little podcast Nate does on the side? Or, like, not a podcast, but a, a video cast? Yes, it's, a, it's Nathan's new series. It's called Nathan for You. It's a dating show. <laughs> it's just him. I can't watch the show he without goes, Steve. He, he goes on mock dates. Yeah, with nobody. It's Steve, just, just with different wigs every time. Maybe sometimes no wigs. Show is pure cringe. Uh, so this is the show that Steve introduced me to, and it's it, it's really hard concept, but no, it's not. It, I mean, it's hard concept to describe. I think I can describe it right now. Okay, describe one episode that we saw. I, I'm not going to describe an episode. I'm going to describe the show concept. Okay, describe the show. 
he is a businessman who goes to businesses and con- consults them about how to may improve their business. And his method of doing so always involves something that skirts the law and or is as convoluted and over the top as humanly possible. Okay. Sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what was it? He came up with this idea for a hotel and the hotel would have like this. Uh, so there's a problem where people go on vacation with their kids and, uh, you know, like say a husband and wife. And the problem is that their kids, since their kids there in the room with them, they can't, you know, get it on. And that's a problem because, you know, they want to make sure their kid is not experiencing that. Or they, they want to get it on, but they can't. And by get it on, you mean fuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, have sexual intercourse. Put the P in the A. In the, oh, okay. Well, everyone likes their own holes. I mean, or, or, or in the V. <laughs> or, or, or the other one. The M. The M. Or but, the E if you're really creative. So, so We'll get there. The idea is that on one of these, they... He came up with this idea. It's like a like a space capsule or something to this effect, where he has like this, this uh, imagine like a bed that's kind of like encased. You can open it up and it's got like all these like pretty stars and stuff. But it's supposed to be noise proof, and he's got stuff in there for the kid to play with. And so he puts a kid in there, and you know he's pitching this to like some parents. Like, would you let your kid be in here? It's like, see, you can't hear any noise. So he puts a kid in there. And then he has essentially a, a whole porn orgy occur in that room where the kids in the thing just locked off, just can't see anything, can't hear anything. Do the kids get locked off? Like once they're in, you put a lock in the outside so they can't come back out? Because what happens if like the kid's like, I gotta go tinkle, mommy, and then you just pop out and it's like, whoa, dad's baldy. There's a there's a button that, yeah, it's locked from the outside and there's a button that lights up a thing if the kid wants to get out. Release get the Kraken. But it, it, it's always progressive. So he starts out by having like somebody shout while he's in there. And then he's like, all right, well, now we need to actually test the real thing because we won't know, like, what sort of things will happen in that situation. So he just has two people have sex. And then he's like, well, now we need the ultimate test. And he has a fucking huge orgy <laughs> with the kid sitting right there in that box. So it's, it's always progressive and always goes above and beyond. You're and locking a child fun. in a box so you can fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like there, was, today. there was one with a gas station, so he sold Locked gas. Locked the gas guy in a box and then fucked in the gas station? Yes. Well, you fucking guessed it. Good job. <laughs> Show sounds fun. What, what was it, Steve? <laughs> he, he, he offers a rebate for gas for a penny, but when they, after people pump gas, they have to, in order to fill out the rebate, they have to fill out a form, hike to the top of a mountain, and the rebate box is hidden at the top of the mountain. And that's the only way. It's all legal. It's all written in like the fine print. So, you know, like, nobody wants to obviously do that, except a few people who are so pissed that they're like, all right, I'm going to do this then. So he gets a bus, brings them up to the mountain. They have to hike up there. He's like, okay, it's somewhere around here. They're like, oh, now I have to fucking find it? All right, let's find it. It's getting dark. He's like, well, we got to go back. They're like, we're not going until – so he has to fucking camp out. Then he, like, starts playing music and, like – like they start crying, they're all having like this like heart to heart get together, and then at the end, there he's like, "Guys, I got to be honest with you, there was no box." And they're like, "Yeah, we figured. There's only like three people left actually who who stayed this whole time. They stayed the night after hiking a mountain, 
So as they're walking down the mountain, the camera pans, and there's a box sitting right on a tree that says rebate box with a big sign. It was there all along, but nobody cashed in their rebate until at the very end, Nathan goes in and he's like, okay, here's my rebate slip, and he gets the rebate. That's awesome. The show is very genius, and it kind of mixes between reality TV and uh, kind of scripting, but it's kind of, it's like Nathan, the creator, he is uh, scripting it, but he's he's interplaying with reality. Kind of, I kind of like prank shows do in a kind of way. Like, you know, there's a prank and the prank is real, but whoever's scripting the prank is kind of like, right, like controlling the circumstances with it. So, what's your favorite reality show name? Uh, I was gonna say next because that's the only one I can really think of. But... He loves anything by Gordon Ramsay. Okay, so, so so I've been on this like kind of a train of thought. So I'm gonna continue this train of thought. Uh, Sex House. Okay. Uh. It's a terrible show. Don't watch it. But it, it's like pure cringe. So it's like th- they came up with this idea for a concept where they have uh, people trying to become a porn star. So they, they're like essentially auditions for porn, but they're all have them like living in the house, like a reality TV show. And where the show is really good is not that it's fun to watch, but it's, it's so poorly planned and edited. Like the people, the people who made it didn't know what they're doing. And it, it's just like all over the place. There's no consistent tone like it's it not sure what's happening and it's 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 terrible it's terribly made but it's such a like a train wreck it's so enticing to watch i'm guessing you don't like it because they blur stuff just like naked and afraid N- no blurring well that's that's why nate started watching this horrible show then now we know if there's okay there's one thing you can do to get nate to watch any show and it's put in a spanish chick any okay, show yeah okay. any show or a russian <laughs> yeah or, or Czechoslovakian. Okay. Or Czechoslovakian. That's, that's Russian, basically. Mm, no, it's special. <laughs> just put in somebody from Just put in a woman. Just put a woman in there. Just put somebody with a naked, and he's going to watch it. But don't blur it. My 600-pound life featuring... Oh, is that your favorite? <laughs> no. What's your favorite name? My favorite? I don't know, but I really enjoy all the stuff that Gordon Ramsay does. I know he's got like 7,000 TV shows now, but for some reason, I really like him. And I've noticed that if you watch like Hell's Kitchen, the American version versus the European version, he swears a lot more in the American version. They make him look like a really angry guy who's just like, fuck you, fuck you. All he just yells at everybody. And then you watch the European version and he's still angry, but there shows a lot more of him actually like developing the the kitchens or or cooking and stuff. It's a lot less. Yeah, I've definitely seen that too. Like the European kitchen nightmares and stuff. I mean, he comes off as a lot more nice of a guy in, in that series. I mean, the American version, I think they just try to over, you know, play it a little bit because that's what Americans know him as, is like this really angry yelling guy. I don't like Gordon Ramsay very much. He seems, I don't know, he just seems a little pretentious about food. Like, I, I get that's oh, his I, thing, but... he's a master. He's a, a Michelin star. He's a two Michelin star chef, right? Maybe even three. Who knows? He might have all the I stars. I don't know the stars, but I mean, I know he's probably, you know, one of the most well-known chefs in the world. Like, I'm not going to disagree, but uh, it's like Hugh... He'll like tongue in cheek, kind of criticize people's food, or like, I think it was, I know it's the entertainment value of what he is and what he is, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, for me, like tap dancing or point dancing, you know, it's like it's always point, dancing. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, sure, there's people who are really good at it, but you know, it's, it's just point dancing, you know, Nate, I mean? you're not impressed with anything, though, but you, you know, it's just, it's just food. I mean, food's very special, but once you get to a certain point, it's kind of like, okay, I don't think he'd be that great. Maybe you should watch this other series he has. I forget what it's called, but he goes around exploring the world 
and finding the sources of foods and other things. And there's actually one where he goes to like China and he's trying to find the shark fin trade, which is this really kind of illegal, dark kind of gray area, but everyone in China likes shark fins. So it was weird. And he ends up going up onto this roof, finding like all these shark fins drying out there. And I think at, yeah, at some point he goes down, he's like investigating, trying to get back in the building. And this like gang member comes up and pours gasoline all over the top of Gordon Ramsay from the roof and starts yelling at him and the cameraman. And Gordon's like, all right, now I leave. Like he was like getting into some really like, like, like it was run by like a mob or something like this, this illegal like shark fin trade. And he just like snuck in there and they just, here's a bucket of gasoline. Come back and we'll light you on fire. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I watched that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. He also had one where he went into like the Congo and stuff and made cocaine. Very interesting how they made that. There's a lot of processes with that. It's surprisingly gross. There's actually a lot of gasoline involved. They yep. basically like yep. they take a weed whacker and like grind up the cocoa or cocoa leaves or whatever, yep. and then like put it in gasoline and leave it for like 30 days and then pour antifreeze to clear it. I don't yeah, know. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's like oh yay, cacao, cacao. Yeah, it's it's super interesting how they make cocaine out. It's also weird how they figured out how to extract it from a plant. I mean, chemists, you know, they're very knowledgeable, but it's, it's so it weird. Just gasoline and leave it in a barrel for a couple of months. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah. It's strange how gasoline is such a key ingredient to so many things. Liquid explosive dinosaurs, as Steve would say. Absolutely. Derek, your favorite reality TV show? Is it Survivor or is it another one? Honestly, it would have to be Survivor. I mean, I've watched so many seasons of it, and I listen to a popular podcast about it. Rob has a podcast, so I'll give them a shout out, but... I mean, it's a great show for me, and I just have always loved strategy growing up, so it's where I kind of get my strategy fix, seeing all these people try to outwit each other, and I kind of love that about the show. Now, do you watch other strategy games? Like, I have the Amazing Races one. Yes, I've watched Amazing Races as well. There's less strategy in that one, because, I mean, it's more of a race around the world. You're not really trying to outwit your opponents too much. I mean, mm. there's situations in that you can block each other, but... I know earlier, I think the mole was mentioned. The mole was really interesting because mm. the mole, you kind of had to be like sort of a detective at the same time. So is that the one where people got killed off? No, I know there was one. And I no, you're were... thinking of whodunit. Whodunit was, was pretty fun. Called? Yeah. Basically, I... people got killed off each episode and like you had to try and figure out who the killer was and the killer was actually one of the contestants. Yeah. 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 I vaguely remember watching a, like two minutes of it on an old like CRT TV for some reason. Legend of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Perfect. That's it. <laughs> well, real quick on Who Done It though is actually interesting because like there's such a bad reaction at first because people actually thought people are really getting killed off in that and right. they really thought it was real. So what they had to start doing at the end of the episode was showing like the supposed dead body like actually, you know, getting up and be like, "Oh, I'm all right." <laughs> so I I couldn't believe people actually thought people were really dying in the show though. Now that would be my favorite show. <laughs> People actually dying? People actually being murdered. I, wait. <laughs> this I think, has gone kind of dark. I think it's like a Stephen King thing. If they're <laughs> naked, Pepper will watch with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, this has been a, a great conversation yet again. Um, I think that uh, reality TV is here to stay for another year or two, and then Survivor will be the only one left. It will be the Survivor. Now, if you don't want reality TV show, you want to go a bit more virtual with the video games, you should definitely check out The Blaze Experience. And where can they find you? They can find me at Blaze Experience on Twitter, or you can send me an email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com, and that's experience with XP, no E there.
And uh, we left you out of the picture last time, Nick. Um, so let's do this again. Make a, a ritual here. A ritual? Where, where can we find Nick Stewart? Well... Oh, we don't want to find you. That's exactly perfect, because you don't have to, because I'm going to find you. <laughs> really, though, they should check out your YouTube channel. You have some really good stuff on there. I do get a YouTube channel, so if you just look up Nicholas Street, you'll find me. Uh, I haven't been creating a lot of content lately because of my job and because I'm lazy. But I got some good uh, videos there. I play around the special effects. I do a couple of video game reviews here and there, a couple of short comedy skits. I'm kind of all over the place. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing with that channel, but there's stuff there. Yeah, every once in a while I see something on uh, my feed list for YouTube and I look at it and it's like, oh, yeah, it's Nick again. And, uh, I feel then, like he doesn't, a... then he doesn't click on it. Oh, I, know, I, I, I was I... really upset because I came up with this great <laughs> idea and then somebody literally cloned it and they got 2 million views in a month. And mine's been out for four years, and I have 70,000 views. It's a legit rip off of what I did. Which, which one was it? Laser bird. I was going to bring up the bird. I was going to say, there's a bird one that I saw. Yeah, because <sighs> I worked so hard on that one. Off the Grid's a great one as well. I definitely suggest if you're interested in anything about people living, you know, uh, living on their own out in the wild. We've talked about that a lot today. Nick's dad actually does that, and he, he has a, a video on there about ice harvest um, that... I helped film. Yeah, Steve's actually out there filming with me. That was that was a lot of fun, and I think it's a great episode. So I definitely check it out. Um, look up Nicholas Stewart on uh, on the internet's YouTube. Uh, is it with a C K or a C H? C H N I C H O L A S, and then Stewart. And uh, highly suggested. Uh, you guys are already listening to us, so we don't need to tell you where to find us. But um, you can find out a lot of shows like ours and also the Blaze Experience as well on podcastnh.com. Go there, check it out, see what's going on in New Hampshire. Um, there's going to be a charity event coming up here in a few months that we'll be a part of, and uh, we'll, we hope to see you there as well. And uh, with that said, I think that Nate should sing the theme song to Survivor. Okay, ready? Ready? You guys ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Survivor, yeah, 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 Survivor, go, 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 Survivor, vote you off, Survivor, it's here. Is that the legit one? That's not even close. That's it, that's the new, that's season, season 40s. Like, that sounds like it's straight out of the 80s. <laughs> He's going to be the new musical director there. He's the new musical director for Survivor, that's going to be the opening theme, and every time somebody's voted off, that's going to play. Ever, all the contestants are going to have to clap along. <laughs> There's going to be a jumbotron in the background playing them as they walk out of the field. And that will be the last season of the show. And that will be the last season <laughs> Due ever. to ratings and lack of viewership. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, Nate, get, give us a segue. Um, there's times in reality where things meet us to no ends. And we have to meet those things through our own being and fortitude. And there's things that we have to do with each other. And those things... Are you talking about sex again? No, no, I'm talking about talking. Oh, okay, go on. <sighs> I, I, thought, I thought it was like last time when you wanted me to interrupt you. Oh, no, well, kind of. You were actually getting there. He wanted you to interrupt him when he was getting there during sex? Yeah, I mean, well, oh. you're going to interrupt me saying we need to talk. Okay, there's a need that needs to be fulfilled. One that burrows inside of us. And it has to be expressed through the... Okay. <laughs> Burrows inside. Are you talking about those bugs that eat your eyes? Nate, I think we need to talk.
Yo, yo. Do you usually subscribe to entire podcasts, or do you look for specific topics? Well, I try using the search function on my podcast player on my phone. It doesn't work too well. I try using Google. Google, it's not really set up for it, so I honestly have trouble. Why don't you just use Listen Notes? Listen Notes? What's that? It's a search engine for podcasts that doesn't just search for the terms you're looking for in the title of the episode or the title of the podcast, but from inside the episode itself. Meaning if you're looking for a specific topic, you can find specific podcast episodes that are about that topic. You know, that sounds a lot easier than spending the hours and hours I have just trying to find the exact right keywords to actually get it to bring up the episode. I mean, usually I just get like a million uh, how to start your own podcast articles. It's really annoying. So that sounds a lot better. Exactly. When you're looking for something to listen to, just go to listennotes.com, type in a topic you're interested in, and you'll get instant gratification, useful results. That's listennotes.com. Check it out now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's get ready to rumble. Coming in at this corner at 357 pounds, it is the one, the only 700 Dicks. That's my favorite wrestler. The <laughs> only problem is got to suck every single one to uh, 10,000 dicks in the air. <laughs> Here's a good question Would you rather give the first 98% of a blowjob or the last 2% of a blowjob? <laughs> 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 it's a tough question. Uh, is it gayer to suck a dick for an hour or to get jizzed on in the face for one second? I mean, it's it's going to be gay either way because there's a dick in your mouth. But which is perfectly no, that, okay. That doesn't make it gay. What if it's a medical not. procedure? I guess you're right. <laughs> and doctors do that all the time. I mean, it's a doctor thing. Just jock. Just doctor thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's get to the back. To... <laughs> I don't even want to touch this. Nate, definitely don't put this at the end. Of... Yeah. Don't put this at the end of the episode. <laughs>